You can turn to your neighbor really like that song. I really like that song. We've been uh, reading through and hearing the stories, this, this overarching story of, 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 Jesus, uh, uh, of Jesus' people using the power of the Holy Spirit to do extraordinary things. And, uh, and, and we've been alternating the way Luke tells the Acts of the Apostles, the way the, way the story unfolds, is that we've been alternating between, uh, between Peter uh, and, then, and between, then, then between Peter and Paul, used to be Saul. And, 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 uh, and, and last week, the story from Acts chapter 16 has uh, Paul and Silas, and, and, we, and it doesn't mention them by name, but they're traveling with them, uh, Timothy, and then we presume that Luke is with them as well because at this point now uh, the story is being told as we did this and we experienced this. Uh, and, and so we left off with, uh, with, with Paul and Silas and, and his companions being there in, in Philippi, and they've met Lydia, and, uh, and she comes to faith in her whole household, and they're baptized, and, uh, uh, and she welcomes them into her home, and they, and they choose to stay there, and they begin to develop a church there. So what I'd like to do this morning is I'd like to read the next two stories and, and I'd like to ask two questions, and then I think there's one thing we must do. Two stories, two questions, and one thing we must do. Uh, would you turn with me in the scriptures to the very next verse from where we left off last week? It's uh, Acts chapter 16. Turn in the Bibles you brought with you. Uh, you can walk out of here right now. Go grab a green Bible. We give them away. Uh, so, so one of these Bibles. Um, uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 16 says, one day, again, they're in, they're in Philippi, uh, one day when, when we were, we, were on the way to the place for prayer, we met a slave woman. She had a spirit that enabled her to predict the future. She made a lot of money for her owners through fortune telling. She began following Paul and us, shouting, These people are servants of the Most High God, which was a term used in the Old Testament and the New Testament uh, uh, by a non-Jew to describe Yahweh. These people are servants of the Most High God. They are proclaiming a way to you. It says she did this for many days. I mean, imagine, right? It doesn't say she stopped. For days and days and days, she walked around yelling these words about them. So the rest of the verse is totally understandable. This annoyed Paul. (laughs) So much that he finally turned and said to the spirit that, that possessed the woman, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave her. It left her at that very moment. Her owners realized that their hope for making money was gone. They grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the officials in the city center. When her owners approached the legal authorities, they said, These people are causing an uproar in our city. 
They are Jews who promote customs that we Romans can't accept or practice. Now, they actually haven't made a real stickable charge in like a legal sense. That, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's not against the law to be Jews in the Roman times, and it's not really even that much against the law to, uh, to create a disturbance, because who was actually creating the disturbance? Was it Paul and Silas, or was it the woman? In fact, they've, they've, they've ceased the disturbance, right? So, so the owners here are not telling the truth, right? Because they're upset. The crowd joined in the attacks against Paul and Silas, so the authorities ordered that they be stripped of their clothes and beaten with a rod. For, for me, this first of the two stories, for me, the first of these two stories, it really hinges, it really hinges on that line that says, and you saw it on the screens, it says, the owners realized that their hope, it says, the owners realized that their hope was gone. The owners realized that their hope was gone. It says, it says, the owners realized that their hope, and then you can insert, for making money. The owners realized that their hope for making money was gone. And, 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 and what, what's clear from the, 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 the story is that when their hope is gone, they revert to violence. When, when their hope is gone, they, they, the, the, the switch flips and they, and they get violent. They, uh, they, in fact, they, they incite the crowd and they proceed to lie and all of this because they've lost hope. And we're going, well, that's not right and none of us would act that way, right? And yet, and yet, if you took that line and, and, and just changed a word here or there, maybe, Maybe it does sound a little more like us than we'd want to admit. Like, like, like try this on in, instead. When he realized that his hope for happiness was gone. When, when she realized that, that the hope for her health was gone. When they realized that, that the hope for their romance was gone. When, when any of us realize that, that the hope for whatever is gone, who's to say what we would do next? Which, which brings us to our first question. What earthly thing have you placed your hope in only to have it taken away? What earthly thing have you placed your hope in only to have it taken away and then you find yourself going sideways like they went sideways? I mean, they, they resorted to lies and violence and just bad stuff. But, but, when, but when we place our hope in an earthly thing and it's taken away, what direction do we go? It says in verse 23, 
when Paul and Silas had been severely beaten, the authorities threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to secure them with great care. What kind of care? Great care. So, so was, this, was this average care? So tell, tell me I'm wrong. No, it's, it was what kind of care? It was great care. Wait, 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 keep listening. It says, it says, when he received these instructions, what kind of instructions? The instructions around the great care. It says, he threw them into the innermost cell and secured their feet in stocks. Almost, almost sounds, I'm, I'm not going to try to add to the Bible, it almost sounds like the way that the emphasis here, it almost sounds like that they've gone extra measures. They didn't put them on an outer, outer wall. They put them on like in an inner cell. They didn't just, they didn't just uh, like, like, you know, shackle their hands, but they went the extra effort and shackled their feet as well. I'm, 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 I'm reading into it a little bit, but it seems like the great care uh, is followed up with great care to make sure that they do not get let go. Now, why would this be a big deal? Oh, because in the previous 15 chapters, we've seen things like, oh, you know, jail cells, you know, open up and people get released and set free by these signs and wonders that we've been reading about that the Holy Spirit has been putting on display. That's what's been happening. And so it says, oh, no, 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 we're not letting that happen now. No way, no how. Next verse. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. All at once, there was such a violent earthquake that it shook the prison's foundations. The doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Foundations, doors, chains. When the jailer awoke and saw the open doors of the prison, he thought that the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Paul shouted loudly, Don't harm yourself. We're all here. Now pay attention to the next detail. Verse 29. The jailer called for some lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He led them outside and asked, Honorable masters, what must I do to be rescued? This is the Greek word uh, uh, sozo, which means, which means saved. And they respond. They reply, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your entire household. It then says, Paul and Silas spoke, to the Lord, spoke the Lord's word to him, the jailer, and everyone else in his house. Right then, in the middle of the night, the jailer welcomed them and washed their wounds. He and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his home and gave them a meal. He was overjoyed because he and everyone in his household had come to believe in God. This this is the word of God for we, the people of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. Now, now, before I get myself distracted, which I am prone to do, let me be super clear. This second story, this second story is 100% about the, the jailer and his household coming to faith in Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. This second story is about, is about this man who experienced utter despair 
being saved, his not, not just his life saved, but his very soul saved. And, and, and that's exactly what the story's about. And it's beautiful the way that it does it. And, 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 and Luke, who might be one of the, I mean, not, not might be, Luke might, Luke's up there with the greatest writers throughout history. I mean, Luke's gospel is amazing, and the Acts of the Apostles is amazing, and the two books that he's offered to us historically are amazing, and the little wrinkles that he writes into the stories are amazing. Like, like, like I love the one in this particular story where it says that, that after all this is experienced and that he's, he's gotten saved, it says that he takes water. Notice this. He takes water, and he cleans their wounds. Why would he have to clean their wounds? Because what happened to them earlier in the day? They were beaten with a rod. I mean, we don't know how bad they are, but they're beaten with a rod, and then they're shackled. It says that he took water, and he cleansed their, 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 their bodily aches and pains, and, 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 he, and, he, and he wiped up the blood that would have surely been on them. And then what does it say in the very next verse? It says, they took water, and they baptized them. He cleaned their, their temporary wounds, and they in turn washed away his sins. I mean, everybody give it up for Luke. That's great stuff. It's, it's, it's a story about, about coming to salvation, but, but yet again, and this is like the sixth week in a row, yet again, it's a story about the Holy Spirit acting in ways that, that are difficult to describe except to say that signs and wonders were on display in the life of the church. Signs and wonders. I, I want to I talk about... I wanna, did you catch the detail? Did you catch the detail? Hey, let, let, let me retell the story real fast, right? So, so earthquake, <clears throat> jailer wakes up. realizes that, that with the gates right in front of him open, surely they've all run out. And remember, this is a big deal because three or four hours before, he was specifically told, not just care, great care, that they stay in here. So he pulls his sword out, and he's got it right to do the thing, and he hears a voice. And the voice says, don't hurt yourself. Don't kill yourself. We're still here. And then what does it say right after that? He called for the lights to get turned on. Of course, not with a switch, but, but they, they, they went and they lit. They lit like a torch or a lantern. And all of a sudden, they walk in. I mean, how, hear me, how, big, a, how big a place is this jail? I'm thinking a thousand square feet would be way too big, right? I'm, I'm being serious. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's no way that we would know. But a thousand square feet. I mean, even a, a even a even a modest little tiny home of a thousand square feet would probably be way too big. It, it can't be that big a place. But did you notice what it said? It, it it says that that the lights were off. It says this, and that it was so dark in there. He was certain that the prisoners were gone. It said that, right? Am I, everybody nod your head. That's exactly what it says. He's certain that the prisoners are gone, right? It says that. And then the lights come on, 
And he realizes they're in there. And he, he's not killed himself because Paul spoke up and said, don't do it. Here's the question. Do you know what the question is? How did Paul see him grab the sword and about to, how, how could Paul see that if it was so dark that the guy was about to kill himself because he thought they were gone because it was too dark for him to know it? But how did Paul know that? The answer is Jesus. How, how does, okay, it, it's simple. I mean, it's simple. Take that back. Because Paul has been operating with an indwelling of the Holy Spirit that allows him to see that which his eyes could not have seen. There's no other explanation. And I don't know if that's simple or not. I'll have to check that out. But I, I don't know if that's simple or not. It's probably, it's probably the greatest of mysteries of, of, all, of all time. But, I mean, but Paul is able to see that which he could not have seen otherwise. And then, and then, and then the, then the earthquake itself. Did you hear the three things? Let's, let's, let's talk about them. Let's talk about them real quick. So it says, it says the foundation shook. Everybody, I mean, we get that, right? Foundation shake in an earthquake. I get that, right? The second one, maybe not as easily. The second one, it says that the doors opened up because of the earthquake. And, uh, and I'm not thinking that this is a simple little quick set lock and, and, you know, and it just triggers and it jumps out of place. I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm thinking the only way to explain this, and maybe there are some engineers in the room or folks that worked on base or folks that built their own houses and that kind of stuff. Maybe, maybe, maybe the explanation for that is that, that the gates literally opened because the hinges, when the foundation shook, actually like disintegrated or something. Maybe, maybe, maybe the hinges got off. Maybe, maybe the gates opened from the opposite side. Would that... That would actually, Daryl, you, you, you've built houses. I mean, like, maybe that would explain how gates open. Maybe that would explain how doors open in an earthquake. But when we get to the third part, I got nothing for that. It says, then the chains were loosed. And it implies that the chains were loose because of the earthquake. But I got to tell you, I've spent some time with some chains. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know any chains that would be loosed because of an earthquake. And then, and then it implies that there's not just one set of chains, but that there's two set of chains, and they're all loose now. Which brings us to our second question. What ordinary words have I used to try to explain extraordinary occurrences. And I'm not, I'm not picking on Luke. I'm not picking on Luke. He's doing a brilliant job. But, but he says it's an earthquake. But, but if we don't see that this is more than an earthquake that has loosened the chains, this is surely more than an earthquake that has caused the doors to open. This is, can you, can you tell me again? Jesus, right? That, that, this extraordinary. So I'm, so I'm asking the question. This is the second question. Two stories and two questions. What, what ordinary words have you used to explain what were surely extraordinary occurrences? 
miracles. How often, how often have, we, have we dismissed a miracle by saying something else? In the 8.30 service, this morning, there's a smaller crowd and, and whatnot, and, and I'll, um, I always turn it over to them uh, to offer prayer concerns. And we were, we were most of the way through, Karen and John Lindsay sticks his hands up. And you can't talk about John Lindsay unless your voice gets a little lower. And um, <clears throat> if you know John, he's a saint. And uh, he says, two things. My sister, my sister, we've been, we've been praying for her and we had, we've been praying for her. My sister uh, had, uh, had a tumor in her brain. And the doctors were able to cure her of that, remove it and cure her of that. That's a celebration. And Friday, it was like this Friday, it was like two days ago. Friday, she was able to go back to work for the first time. Everybody say amen to that, right? Hang on. He says, and on the way to work, she's driving down the road and a guy in a car T-bones her. Okay, this is prayer concerns we're talking about. T-bones her, spins her twice, flips her twice. Spins, flips, two times each. And I'm telling, I have no idea how he's going to finish the next sentence. Jane says, she's got a cracked sternum and scratches and they released her. Didn't even have to go to the hospital. And the EMT walks up, and John says he's seen the pictures, and there's no more car anymore, right? Spins, doubles, you know, no more car anymore. The EMT says, I have never, tells his sister this. She lives in North Georgia. It's like in the paper up there, you know. I have never seen a car like that that the person inside wasn't, dead i'm gonna ask it one more time what ordinary because i know what you're thinking maybe maybe you're not thinking somebody's thinking it good she's wearing her seatbelt. and by the way you should wear your seatbelt. i'm not saying don't wear your seatbelt, but what ordinary words have we used to describe extraordinary occurrences Miracles. And, and in the end, when it comes down to, what do we put our hope in? Two stories. Two stories and two questions. But both stories are about hope. The owners turn to violence, devastated that the hope of the way to make money has been taken away from them. The jailer turns around to self-harm. I mean, the, 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 the pinnacle of violence by, 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 by on the brink of killing himself all because the hope that, 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 the hope that he was going to be able to keep his job and not get punished had, 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 had fled from him when he thought that they had escaped. There's this, there's this and you know, 
we don't have to read the whole thing, but there's this, there's this passage in the greatest chapter on love that says, love is patient, love is kind, love endures everything, love never fails. But then it says this, it says this, and we're in church, it says, Paul says, but prophecies fail, knowledge fails, everything fails. What are we putting our hope in? Prophecies fail, knowledge fails, wisdom fails, all all of it fails, but he ends it by saying what? But three things remain. Do you know them? Faith, hope, and love. What have we put our what are we to put our faith in? What have we put our hope in? That's let us down. And, and, and can we see, like Paul, in, in the midst of the darkness, can we see, like Paul, what God wants us to see? And, I, and, here, and here's how I want to finish. I, the one thing we can do is pray. Next Sunday is Pentecost where the church celebrates that the Holy Spirit came down. But it is not a memorial service for the one time, the, 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 to, to, to keep alive the memory, the one time the Holy Spirit came down and blessed the church and that we've been, been basking in its glory ever since. No, it's, 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 it's an annual event. It's a daily request. Holy Spirit that came down once, come down again. And what we've been saying for six weeks is show us with signs and wonders that you're still, you're still here and you're still with us and your power is still on display and it's available to us because you want to use us. That's our prayer. Come Holy Spirit and, and, and expose for me the things I have placed my hope in that do not endure. Come, Holy Spirit, and, and, and expose for me the ways that I have been blinded by my lack of trust in you. And help me to see. May God show up is my prayer, and may I see it when he does it. And not try to explain it with words that sound ordinary. So, if, if Larry would play a song, I'd, I'd love to take a couple of minutes and invite you to just pray. We, uh, we got places to pray at the altar. You can pray in your seats. You can do whatever you need to do. But let's pray for the Holy Spirit that was and is. Come Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your people and kindle within us the fire of your love. Like your people of every age, help us to know you through the signs and wonders that you have made available. Help us to see you And help us to place our hope in the things that endure. This is our prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
Amen and amen.